0: No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world, and today we got a man from my neck of the woods, New England soldiers, Millie's is in the building. How you doing, man? What's up, man? Excellent. Doing good. 617. That's, that's what Cambridge is? All yeah, the, all yeah. All of Cambridge, Cambridge is 617? Cambridge and Boston is okay. 617.
1: Excellent. Yeah.
0: 603, my, my neck of the woods.
1: 603. I fuck with the 603. I've been to Manchester for plenty of ratchet shows. Really? Yeah. So that's
0: like kind of where it's at, right?
1: Yeah, hell yeah! I used to get booked there because I've been doing this shit for a long time. Like, so right? I used to get booked in Manchester for the most ratchet shows ever.
0: Really? Yeah, I remember like around the time I left New Hampshire, I realized like, oh, fuck, like Hell Rel is playing some clubs in Nashville, yeah, where I'm yeah. from and shit. Like, they had a little...
1: Yeah, they're Nashville, all <laughs> that.
0: They had some artists who would come through and, and play and stuff. And I was kind of, a, I think I was oblivious to it, like my whole time living there. Because we didn't really have the internet. Where'd you so. live at? Nashua, New Hampshire. That's where you grew up at? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go into more detail because I'm not going to mean anything to anyone (laughs) on earth. Shout out New Hampshire. (laughs) For sure. Your name came up because we were sort of having the whole conversation about basically there not being that many white rappers that are taken seriously in a way. And all of a sudden, boom, we're getting blown up. You gotta fuck with this guy Millie. He's a hard rapper. He's from the streets.
1: He's from Boston. You should know more about him. Cambridge, yeah, right. But um, yeah, no, I saw that. And my name. Did, I think the the I think what y'all were talking about was uh, there's no successful white rapper that has street content, mm. which is a fact. Like there's never been a white rapper that has blown up mainstream with street content and the music. The closest was probably Paul Wall, but he wasn't rapping about, like, he was rapping about, like, Houston street culture, mm. but he wasn't talking about, like, you know, really selling drugs or violence and shit, but he, to me, he was the closest thing. And then there's a couple out there that exist, but I was looking at him like, I'm, I'm out here, man. Right. You know what I mean? I'm here. I'm getting, I'm getting money for features. I'm doing my thing. I'm, I'm, I'm outside, so I'm like, come on, y'all gotta bring me up in the conversation, man. Let's go. And here we are. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Um, Alright, so take me back to a little bit of your...
0: Well, actually, no. Before we even do that, though, I, I do think it's an interesting topic, the whole, you know, just, like, how white people are perceived in rap. Like, it's clearly, like, just, like, a kind of different standard. There's, like, a different way that people are v- comfortable viewing rappers. Because, like, there are a lot of popular white rappers at this point in time. It's just they all kind of exist in, like, a different space. You got, like, a G-Eazy or a Jack Harlow or a I don't even like an Eminem or you know there's like a lot of different lanes but when you think about like a lot of the most popular rap is stuff that is you know if you're gonna like include all kinds of like street content all the way from like NBA Youngboy to like Griselda you still don't really see that many white rappers being accepted in terms of like talking about street type stuff although like now getting more acquainted to your stuff and seeing how well your content's doing I mean you're definitely an exception to that rule.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's harder. I feel like it's harder to make it as a white rapper, but once you make it through, it's way easier. Really? That's when like all the white privilege kicks in and shit like that. Interesting. And Target and you know the big corporations want to work with you. Really? So you're looking forward to that? I don't know if that's going to happen like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm I am because I'm doing the type of music I'm doing, but uh Right. I've seen it happen with people. Yeah, hell yeah. Mm, definitely. So you started
0: Rob, rap, Like, you've been rapping for a long time because I was watching yeah, like interview yeah, yeah, clips yeah. of you from like over 10 years
1: ago. Yeah, hell yeah. No, I'm in my early 30s. I've been fucking rapping since 2000, 2008. Like, going hard, passing out CDs, doing shows. I hit the ceiling in Boston in probably like 2011. I did Summer Jam because I've been lit where I'm from. I've been lit in my neighborhood. I've been lit in, in the whole mass. Like, I've always been a name. But, uh, yeah it, it just took a while and then um i moved to new york in 2014 that's when i really started like really pursuing rap purely because it was always kind of like the streets and rap the streets and rap the streets and rap mm. but once i got to new york i was able to leave a little bit of baggage behind and just purely focus on the music and um yeah so 2000 i would say really 2016 just started picking up mm. okay so what was your life like
0: prior to getting into the music game like what part? I don't know, like when you were real young, like what kind of family upbringing did you have and, and were you around a lot of music?
1: Yeah, hell yeah. It, it's funny because um, my father now, he actually lives in New Hampshire, but um, at the time like he had like a real like so I lived with my mother and then I would see my father on the weekends and my father's house was like real like, it was like a hub for artists. So people would be in there, um like real artistic people, a lot of a lot of shit was going on. Actually, the singer Wapale lived there. I don't know if you ever heard Closer to My Dreams. She's like a so. Bay Area legend. Okay. Yeah. But, um. yeah, his house was 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 crazy. It was a hub for artists. You know, people would be in there playing guitar, going crazy, just loud parties all night type shit. And um, I kind of, my mother kind of took me out of that environment at a certain point. She didn't feel like that was like the safest thing for me or whatever. It was just kind of loose over there. And uh, I started living with her full time in this neighborhood called the Coast in Cambridge, which is off of Central Square. And uh, like I, I was like a normal kid, besides the fact that I was like the only white kid in my neighborhood. I, you know, just a normal kid playing basketball and shit like that. And slowly, um, I was I was put into special education when I was young for like behavior disorders and What were you doing? You just fighting? I'm just. Instead? Yeah, but I just couldn't concentrate on shit, so I would I would have fights. I would just I just couldn't like I just couldn't do school unless I'm interested in it. If I'm interested in a subject like English and shit, I always would pay attention. Anything else, I was just I was just bad. So they took me out the the, the regular classes with 30 kids. They walked me down the hall and put me in a class like way smaller than this room with like six other kids and no windows and shit. Like when I'm like in sixth grade, so that's like telling me, all right, you're not normal. And then I'm just around all bad kids, so, you know, still sharp and still, and we just got progressively worse type shit. Do you
0: think that you were, that you should have been in those classes at all? Like, obviously, some people need that special level of assistance,
1: but did you feel like it was just kind of like, arbitrary that they put you in there? I don't know, because I don't know how I would have been if they just put me in regular classes, because mm. that's all I've known since I was 11, is behavior disorder. Mm. That's all I've known is like Adderall and like I got prescribed drugs young, you know what I mean? Like, hell yeah. So I was bouncing, so I I, I really don't know because I know that most of of the insane shit that I did came from the people that I was around because all I'm around is bad kids. Like as soon as they sat me in that room, I'm around bad kids. You're bad, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. I'm bad, let's be bad together. Hmm. That's why I I had a, a fast acceleration into the streets. Like I was really scamming at like 11. Really. I had a we had a big scam where I was getting some money. It's it's, it's we we were scamming a charity and shit. It's fucked up, so I don't want to talk about it like that. But um, then I started selling weed at like at like twelve, whatever seventh grade is. However old you are in seventh grade, I got it booming. Really? But it's because 'cause I'm all
0: around all these bad kids. They're putting you on. Like if you if you know a kid who's selling weed on the other side of town, it's like what's gonna stop you from being like. I want
1: to make money yeah, and, in my but, neighborhood or around the people I'm around. But you want to one-up the, the people you're around. Right. So, you know, that's the cool shit when you're young. Oh, you got a knife? I got a gun. Oh, you got a gun? I got an M60. You know what I right, mean? It's like yeah. it's that type of mentality. Oh, you you, you sell weed? I sell crack. Like right. It's like just seeing how far you could take it. So I feel like just being around that sped environment, but I take sped now and i that was a derogatory word. Mm. I take that shit and I make it a, I've transformed that word into like, yeah, you could be a sped and and get money and be successful. I know a lot of millionaires that were in special education. I had a friend who was in special education and he ended up going to an Ivy League fucking college. Right. See, I didn't know that was possible because I never felt it was possible for me to go to college because I was like, if I can't be in these classes, if I can't Stay in a class with 30 kids, how can I possibly go to college? So I ruled college out when I was 12. College right. was gone. School was a dub instantly. They let me into range. but I'm telling you, so range is the public school. Okay. Cambridge Public School or whatever. But by the time I get in range, I'm already selling weed and I'm good at it. Like, I'm really good at it. This is like Reggie, like three blunts in a dime and shit like but that. But
0: good at it, as in like you, you had your process down. You weren't gonna, gonna get caught. You were.
1: Yeah, yeah. On, I, on, I had a whole system. Yeah. yeah, hell yeah. I used to wear like tidy whities and shit under my drawers and just put all the bud. Feel me? That was my genius plan right there. That's smart though. Yeah, but um, I, I went to a range and uh, they let me into the public school. I was still in the uh, in the special ed classes. They had me like in the basement of the public school. And Ringe is, a, Ringe is like a high school where all the, the basketball players came out of, Patrick Ewan came out of there. Cambridge got more basketball players than Boston. Mm. They, they might be mad about that, you know what I mean? But that's a fact. Right. So that that's like what we do. You either play basketball in Cambridge or you, you, you know, figure out other shit to do. So I got kicked out of, out of Ringe instantly. Like I came in there selling weed, but then they said I punched the teacher and then I had to go... um for the rest of my high school experience I went to Charlestown. So you're saying you didn't punch the teacher? No, I didn't. Really? I like um I kind of like brushed by him with like my elbow a little bit and my elbow hit their face a little bit but I didn't punch him though. Interesting. Interesting. Point stand- into that son. Interesting. Their standard for punching a teacher is probably like pretty low. Like you just kind of You know what happened? Cuz I was I had I had fucked this chick and it was like the next day, she wrote me a note, and she, and the note said I'm pregnant. But I didn't know in my brain like it doesn't work like that. So I'm like, damn, she got pregnant overnight. This is crazy. So I was running to go see my men down the hall, and I'm like, yo, bro, I can't believe I got this chick pregnant. And the security like teacher person, stop running in the halls. And I, just, you know, like one of those. Mm. So it was over. And then I went to um, then I went to Charlestown Seaport Academy, which is like, it was way worse than a sped experiences I was having before cause now I'm in school with like the top notch speds. I'm in there with two kids from Roxbury, two kids from Dorchester, two kids from like Winchester in these like suburban towns and they were the craziest. Like these dudes would come to school with um like a like a iron burn. Like the kids from the suburbs were crazy. One came in with a with with an iron burn because he tried to iron his shirt while it was on in the morning, so he had third degree burns in the shape of an iron. I thought you were gonna say that his mom fucking like
0: pushed no, the no, iron that, into him to I mean, torture may, him or something. Maybe shit. that happened because that's the most retarded ass shit I ever heard. No, in my life. this is what I'm, I'm saying. To- <laughs> this is
1: what I grew up around. Like they would take us on like um, field trips to the aquarium, and I remember this kid. I'm not gonna say his name from East Boston. He knows who he is. But we came out of the aquarium and he was laying down on this like steel bench out there or whatever it is, one of those rock benches. And he had put popcorn all over himself and it was like 70 pigeons just pecking on him. And he was laughing like it was a joke. And I'm like, Yo, what type of people am I around? You're like, going to get covered in shit doing that. Yeah. So that was my high school experience. And all of that just led into like street shit because I was like, all right, college is done. That's mm-hmm. a wrap. So now, what could I do? What's the next logical steps? But I always had rap. I always knew I could rap. So that was kind of like the progression. But was there a lot of... Rap and street shit running parallel. Who are you influenced by locally? Because
0: that's kind of like one of the main things with Boston is that, yeah, obviously, like tons of people in Boston love rap. There's plenty of rappers in Boston, but it's just not like in comparison to if you were born in Brooklyn or Atlanta or whatever, it's like there's more of a hip-hop industry that's like looking for young talent whereas like in Boston it just doesn't feel like there's as much of that since there haven't been as many popular rappers that come out of
1: Boston. Yeah I mean I was inspired by I was inspired by Benzino to a degree like I saw him like I knew like we had a um we have a tournament every year in my neighborhood called Hoops and Health Uh like a big basketball tournament and I remember like the made men uh pulling pulling up with uh like wrapped trucks and shit like I never saw a wrapped truck Mm. I said made, man, like shit like that. That's probably the the most rap shit that I ever saw. And then I remember seeing um Smoke Bulger. I don't know if you heard of him. He signed, he'd been rapping for a long time. He signed to Rick Ross right now. Really? But uh, he, uh he was in the the Herald. I remember being in my school in Charlestown and like looking in the newspaper and seeing him with the Boston Bruins jersey on with his chains on and shit. And he had got a big deal from Sony. So that like kind of let me know, all right, shit is possible, Mm -hmm. you know, but. I didn't really have no like big aspirations to blow up right there. Like, I was just rapping. And it's not like you had anybody who was like trying to nurture your talent.
0: Nah, nah, that didn't happen until I went to New York. Right. Okay. So, what, we're still on the part of your life where you're like getting out of high school or not going to college, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so at that point, like you get into the streets. Like, uh, I know you probably don't want to get super specific, although it has been a long ass time. Like, what, what can you say about that?
1: Well, like I came up under a different cloth of dudes. I remember being like, like 12, right? And I would hang out in this park, maybe 13. I would hang out in this park called Columbia Park. And at the time I knew this older dude and he was from the South, his name was YG. Now at the time I'm not knowing he's on the run for a murder in Mississippi but he got gold in his mouth. This is before like you could just go on Instagram, how now they could tell exactly how someone's living in Baton Rouge and mm. shit, and you could emulate their whole style. This is when it's just you're in the East Coast, mm. and that's what you know, like whatever you see in the source or whatever. So I'm directly seeing a real dope boy killer from allegedly, because that's what he's booked for right now. You know mm. what I mean? But innocent. Who knows? But um, yeah, so I'm like, I'm coming up under kinda like his tutelage, cause he would hustle in that park that I was at, mm-hmm. Columbia Park, cause that, that, like Cambridge, in that era, early 2000s is like a, it's still a drug zone, but it's gentrified now, but it was like a million dollar block that just zombies marching up and down. Really? A lot of foot traffic, so he would hang out there, sellers, whatever, and I would kinda just, you know, I, w- I would run to the store for him if I had to, whatever. But uh, you know, he was just ill, he was super charismatic. He had gold teeth, money busting out his pockets. He would go to to the liquor store and buy like Moet instead of like dudes was buying like E&J and Hennessy. He would buy like a bottle of Moet. I was like, oh, he's fucking rich. (laughs) And um, I came up like, you know, under people like him. And then I I remember like a, a year or two later, i guess he had to go on the run again and he got caught in california but he was on america's most wanted and they showed like the park where we would chill at shit like that so these are like the type of people i came up under so then i'm like 14 15 figuring out for myself and i bump into another older guy from my neighborhood called beast and um beast had just came home he had actually did two years for for there was 32 dime bags of weed on the floor and he did two years for that really in a crowd of 12 people 32 dime bags so whatever that equivalates to but that you know when the marijuana laws was terrible like i can't believe people did time for shit like that but he had came home on that but he was a big dope boy too when he came home and he had heard like from the neighborhood he was asking around like who could rap and everybody was like yo the white boy millie's millie's could rap Uh uh-huh so he would take me to the studio and shit, and kind of like just groom my talent um he took me to a studio on newberry you know newberry street in boston mm-hmm. like affluent shit. and he'd have me in there weed liquor whatever put some money in my pocket and i was under his record label at the time block 617 when i'm like 15 16. but he's the plug so he's giving me free work too so now i got an upper advantage because i started selling crack when i'm like 14. you know Scared. I just made that transition. Right. But by the time I got with Beast, I'm a little deeper in the game. And it's like, he's hitting me with free work. So everything is profit. Cause he's like, you're my artist here, or whatever. Wow. And what so I was under his wing. He actually took me to the Ozone Awards when I was young in Miami. What the fuck? Yeah. Hell, you heard of that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was at the Ozone Awards when I'm like 16, 17. So I had like real experiences through these bigger homies kind of that was grooming my talent. Because like a lot of people are trying to make it out of like, you know, a place like Cambridge or whatever but they don't like that
0: they don't even have like a vision of what it would actually be like but you go to the Ozone Awards it's like
1: you're just surrounded by greatness and all these people who made millions off this shit. I got a mascot right now did you see my mascot? Uh, I don't think so. I got a mascot like a life-size mascot of me type shit but I remember seeing Haitian Fresh at the Ozone Awards With a mascot. Wow. And that, so it's like little things like that. But even like, that's why I got my man Haas here right now. Because he's younger. I want to show him like Mm. aspirational shit. Because I saw shit when I was young. Like the Ozone Awards that Beast took me to or whatever. And that let me know like, oh, it's a whole big ass world out there. This is when like plies is lit and shit like that. (laughs) But yeah, so, so I was under Beast with Block 617. And he would give me free studio, free work, all of that. And, uh. We actually, um, we caught a case together, me, him, and E.S., but me and E.S. beat our shit and he pled to what was caught on him or whatever. And uh, then he caught another case and he caught like another case, but he ended up doing like 12 years and shit. Wow. So he's home now, that's still my man. But I had like, after he left, I had to figure it out on myself. And that was the first time, like I didn't have any big homie type shit. So now it's just me, and a few of my homies, and at the time I got like a spot in uh Woodrow Wilson. It's like a little projects in my neighborhood or whatever because i had a I had to connect to get a spot where it was like three hundred a month and shit uh-huh. so now I'm just in a spot with my people, and we got really no guidance at this point like there's no big homie, I'm like rapping, but I'm kinda not rapping. we're getting into like other shit, we got tension with people, we got issues with people shit like that and that was probably like the most unproductive part of my life um my homies ended up getting a life sentence that I would be with every day off of murder and um just a lot of shit going on getting shot at people a a, a lot of shit a lot of shit going on you
0: basically like that time period of your life you had a bunch of good shit that was kind of going for you for certain periods of time but then you just kept having like you know basically seeing the downside of that life is like you could get thrown in jail for the rest of your life you get a a crazy ass case yeah
1: hell yeah like but like at first it was people taking me under their wing and then when i wasn't under nobody's wing and i had to figure it out for myself that's when shit kind of got a little a little scary right Cause when you have that
0: guidance, it's like, you're not going to make as many mistakes. And then all of a sudden when you're sort of on your own, it's like, yeah, I had to to figure
1: it out. And we were all young, just trying to figure it out. It would be all six of us just like sleeping in Woodrow Wilson every night doing whatever we doing. And I was active. Like I was active. Like I was active and, and we was all active and that shit led to, I, I couldn't believe it, but that, that shit led to, you know, my bros getting a life sentence and, they should really be able to flip it because it was more like a self-defense. I don't want to go too much into it, you know what I mean? But they're still, they're still down to this day. I'm tatted on my arm. And um... were, you,
0: were, were there times where you thought about quitting, either you know, trying to make it as a rapper or quitting trying to make it in the streets?
1: Yeah, I always didn't. I, I didn't have, like, aspirations to make it in the streets because one thing I understood is you don't get, like, more than, like, a year-and-a-half run type shit. You get, like, a year. If you're lucky in the streets, you get, like, a three-year run. Mm. And I was seeing that. Everyone was going to jail. Everyone was going to jail around me, and I had cases. Mm. I had a cocaine conspiracy charge, beat that, and then I got caught with um 14 grams. I got caught with 14 grams of... um crack or coke whatever at the hospital because somebody had got stabbed and I had drove them to the hospital and I left the car in the fucking in the toe zone lane Uh, and I'm super bent in the hospital with my friend because it's really not that deep he was actually trying to like stop somebody he was trying to stop somebody from doing something and he got sliced on his hands. So I'm in there with him and I'm just bent and I'm in the hospital and the cops come in and they're asking me questions and whatever, long story short, they arrest me for a DUI. But then I didn't know they had the right to search my car because it's called an inventory search. Wow. Basically like if they tow your car, they have the right to search it just in case you could say, yo, I had $6 million in there. Hmm. No, they search it to put it on a record or whatever. So right. they they searched the shit out of it, and they and and they found that. So I got charged with um like distribution or whatever. But with my lawyer, we bust it down to a uh, we bust it down to a possession with the DUI and a two and a half years suspended sentence. So I had I had um that like over my head. So I would be a little easy too. But yeah, that was like the most tumultuous point, and then. A lot of shit, bro. I could just go on, like, it's, I, I lived <laughs> right. a long fucking life, you know what I mean? But um, I don't know where you want to go from there. What,
0: what do you think kept you from ending up doing, like, a, a serious amount of time? You feel like, d- does that make you feel like you were meant to be here? That you saw all these people around you get locked up yeah. or get no, killed? no, and- I, got,
1: I got iller shit than that. that like, I've, I've been through, like, divine intervention. I don't know if you, like, believe in God, like, but I've been through, like, divine intervention, like, miracles. How Actual miracles. Let's like, hear one. I was going to this show one time, and um, this is right after my homies uh went down for murder. And I want to say, like, I don't see, I don't be, like, I told this story before on 23 and 1. Shout out to my boy Josh. But it's all entertainment. You know what I mean? Just a kick. I don't know. This is whatever. This is this is like uh. I just want to cover myself. You know what I mean? I don't want to. Right. It's all this is a long time ago. This could have happened. 16 years ago. And it's just a story for no jumper. But, yeah, we had a show or whatever, and uh, a lot of shit was going on. And I, I had this little flight jacket, and I had a plan, like, with the flight jacket. Um, like, if anything goes on in this club, I'm going to just shoot through the flight jacket. It was like one of the black shits with the, with the, with the orange inside, $20 mm. flight jacket, like, like that. But the black shits. I had the pistol in my pocket, so it's just, it's just going on and, and it kind of gets spooky at one point in the club, and it's the first time the first time I ever got in an encounter where I like shot at somebody out of fear or tried and because somebody broke through the crowd towards me after a little altercation, and it looked like they were uh it looked like they were up in something, and I backed up It's the first time I ever dumped out of fear and I backed up. And mind you, I had a brand new 2-2 revolver. Perfect. It was perfect. There was nothing wrong with it. I backed up when he broke through the crowd. Click. Click, click. And it didn't go off. Big melee. We run to the bathroom and shit. And I'm like, yo. Like, my people are like, yo, what's going on? I'm like, yo, bro, I swear to God, I tried to boom him. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I look in my pocket, and I take the, take the gun out, the toy gun out, and it's, it's in like five different pieces, and I don't even know how to break a gun down with my hands. Right. Like, I don't know how to do that, and it's a new joint that had been tested and all of that. There's no way I could have took it apart in my pocket. The safety pin's out, the barrel's over here. It's in like four pieces. I pass a piece to bro, 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 and we walk out of there. And in hindsight, if that gun went off, it was security right there. It was a camera right there, camera right there, oh, a yeah. camera right there. The detectives was driving by right there. God came and disassembled the gun in my pocket. Uh-huh. That's what I believe. Because I, I, you can't explain it to me. You can't tell me it was a piece of shit gun because we, we're running around with this. That never happened. And I don't know how to do that. Hmm. That is pretty To crazy. me, that's divine intervention. That's why I'm like, I, a cross is on my face and it's just Like, I'm, godly. I, I believe he took me out of that life with that or he showed me something and I always go to that. Whenever I'm in any sort of tumultuous situation, I always just remember, like, bro, I've been, like, I'm literally a product of a miracle. Right. What happened with the guy who was coming towards you? It was like a melee. And, no, you know, him, um, I think people on his side was like, you know... Oh, you backed up. They might have thought I ran. I don't know. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So, what are you thinking about that night when you're laying in bed? You're thinking like,
0: I'm no, that supposed shit to boggled my
1: mind. Yeah, that shit boggled my mind to this day. At first, you know, I'm young and dumb, so I keep trying to tell my people like, nah, I squeezed, bro. I swear to God, I squeezed, bro. I swear. That's right. what I was on. But then, like as I got older, I'm like, damn, that's divine intervention. And there's there's another situation I I would talk about, but it's too that's that's too much. But. yeah man it's it's just like i I just feel like God strongly in my life and i feel like that's why like i've never um i've i've been able to pursue this rap shit and i help people out with it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i I help a lot of people around me and i'm trying to lift as many artists up out of mass as i can i got a gang full of artists outside they got to meet you after you you know what i mean yeah
0: i mean i feel like from watching the interviews with you from like 10 11 years ago that I just saw. I wish
1: they would take those offline.
0: <laughs> oh God. I mean, your your confidence just feels like it's kind of grown a lot over the years. Well, like- I was
1: scared to speak on like camera and shit like that before because I always had like a subconscious, subconscious is the word, right? Yeah, I always had like a subconscious thing about like my voice because I kind of like grew up in like a neighborhood being the only white kid. But then when I started being in other environments and realizing like, oh, people judge me for how I'm speaking. Mm. Then I got self conscious about my voice because I was criticized for it. But now I'm just like, "Fuck it, it is what it is." You used to have
0: a gnarly ass Boston accent. Did did you? Nah, nah,
1: nah, nah. We don't have that like in our neighborhood. Really? That's like in like East Cambridge. You get that? Right. Yeah, like East Cambridge is broke down. Like it's like there's the coast, which was like a famous like black area. That's where like Patrick ewan and like um. The Jarvis families from like Mike, like a lot of basketball royalty in the port, like Ramil Robinson. But then you have like, like East Cambridge, which was like tough Irish kids and tough Italians and Portuguese kids and shit like that. They have that accent. Right. So when I'd go to school in like Charlestown, they have that accent. Right. The town. But it just depends on the neighborhood that you've grown up in. Yeah. Cambridge is seven minutes from the town. Right or like from, you know from where they shot that movie and shit
0: yeah cause I remember when I first went to New York when I was maybe like 18, 19 there was definitely a lot of people like the young ass kids from Brooklyn and shit that we're out riding bikes with they're looking at me and my fucking accent and the fact that I say wicked and, and, and fucking you fucking know, wicked you, you know, all, smart all dude all this shit they're looking at me like I'm so fucking weird they're like where are you from I'm like New Hampshire they're like They have no idea what that is. I might as well have said fucking. You gotta put it on the map, man. They have no idea.
1: um, You and Chris Brickley, you know who Chris Brickley is? He's the number one basketball trainer in the world. This shit is Chris Brickley, 603. Really? He trains James Harden. He trains Durant. He trains all of them. Wow. 603. You and him doing it fucking big. And Mandy Moore. And Mandy Moore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For sure. Mandy Moore. Um okay so like when would you identify as like kind of one of the the peak moments for you just taking your rap career serious more serious because it seems like you were steadily just like getting that to that point over like the last decade or so like you just kept getting more and more serious you kept figuring
1: out a little bit more Mm -hmm. um like really i could say like like a year ago because how you said figuring it out i had to just I figured out, like, a lot of shit. Before, I used to be like, all right, if I'm really living this music, I don't need the image with it. I don't need the jewelry. I don't need the tattoos because this is my life. You're going to hear the music and know it's real, but the, the game doesn't work like that. That's fair. And then I had to understand, oh, I'm a visual artist too. Mm. Music you, videos are insane. Yeah, music right videos, yeah, because I'm, I'm looking at the music, and I'm like, damn, my like um I don't look like how I sound type shit. Mm. And so... You know i just i was always tatted but i just started giving a fuck and getting more yeah and putting some jewels on so that that's came more recently after shit was booming but i'd say like 2016 i did the bet cypher and i got in there the most independent way you could ever get in there like everybody was signed or came through pr i used to show up at the bet cypher every year 2014 2015 2016 because i knew a cameraman mm. and they would tell me the location of this little studio in brooklyn so i'd slip in the door and then I just tell people, yo, if y'all need a, um, if you need an extra, uh, a extra rapper, room here. Like, I, I, I'm telling you, I'll flame it. Did that in 2014. Sat for three days, nothing. 2015 is when Kendrick said the, um, the line about I'm the king of New York or whatever. Right. And ASAP Mob was there, and I remember ASAP Mob looking at Kendrick and being like, yo, we got smoke, right? Like clowning and shit, like. But it was like weird little tension shit. Right. I was there for that. Sat for those three days. 2016, I came. And um, I'm ready to do the process over again. I'm there. I'm telling people, yo, I got bars. I'm telling you. So finally, they tell me, yo, somebody didn't show up. You might have a chance. I'm gonna show your link. I'm gonna show your link to uh, to Jesse Collins. Jesse Collins is like the big dog at BET. It's Jesse Collins, Yomi, and this other lady, and I forget her name, but she's my angel. Um, and so my man showed the my links to them and i'm watching them like from across the room and because they're deciding my fate if i rap on the bet cypher or not which right. is like the biggest thing as an mc yeah and so he's like yo you might want to go over there and just try to extra convince them type shit and so i ended up uh i walked over there and i'm like yeah you know i start giving him my pitch and jesse collins was just like man rap man Oh, shit, everybody's around. It's like 100 people. It's, this is at lunch break in, like, the cafeteria. I just started rapping. They weren't even looking at me for, like, the first four to eight bars. On the eighth bar, he kind of looked up. Twelfth bar, now they're all looking at me. Sixteenth bar, now they're giving me a little of this. <laughs> I ended the shit. They were like, right, we'll huddle up about it. Right. i go back to the table i'm talking to like the catering people i'm like yeah, hey, I, I did my shit i could my shit you know what i mean i'm hype then i'm waiting waiting like 45 minutes later the lady i want to say her name is michelle she's my angel i love her to death she came over and she was like hey come here walked over to her and she's like you're in it we're gonna put you in it i'm like put me in what the cypher She's like, yeah, we got to sign your paperwork. I don't know if you could wear that NBA jersey. I had, like, a Celtics jersey on and shit. Mm. I was like, I don't give a fuck. Go shirtless. Like, <laughs> don't matter. But, um, and, like, long story short, I got in it, and I ended up leading off the BET Cypher. So when the shit aired, I let it off. Wow. And then Charlemagne and Envy said I had the best freestyle. Wow. You feel me? So that was, like, a pivotal moment for me showing whatever I put my mind to, I could do it. It's kinda like no jumper. Like I knew like I would be here one day. I just put my mind to it and it happened at the right time. Like maybe it wasn't time for me in 2014, 15, but in 2016 I cracked that cipher and that's when I said, Oh, I can get recognition for bars. Because at the time it was like a lot of like like artsy type rappers mm. and shit. And I feel like rap wasn't like in the forefront like that. But then once I realized I could get recognition for bars, cause labels shitted on me my whole life. Like still to this day. Like I get like one off bags and like now it's like I can force certain independent labels to give me money because i have accolades and shit and i have a following Mm. but i always have been shit on and um i realized after the bt cypher with social media like oh i could just run my following up off of rapping Mm. and that's what changed everything really in like so the moment that i felt like really made me say, oh, no, I can make it in rap was 2016, the BC Cypher. But then I kept learning myself, learning myself. And then 2018, that's when I took, like, my destiny into my own hands. And I started just, like, putting out freestyles. And along that time, I linked with Kiss. And now we here. That BET story. That, that's got to be one of the best
0: stories I ever heard on this podcast in terms of, like, representing that
1: like never give up mentality yeah. that you really yeah. really
0: need if you want to make it not just as a
1: rapper but and doing I anything rap, i rapped i with my voice cracking the whole time really yeah i'm nervous i'm nervous as fuck it's mad people in here it's artists bro i was there with, i'm there with everybody i was there while russ was pacing back and forth oh, remembering man. his raps young and everybody's there hey boogie and them is right there at the table my voice is cracking and shit, but you got to go for your shit, man. Fuck that!
0: <laughs> no, that's hard. That's fucking fire, man. That's that's crazy that that actually worked out. Because if somebody if somebody were to tell me that they were planning on doing that, I would probably be like, bro, that's, just, that's a crazy-ass <laughs> idea. That ain't going to work. Ain't nobody going to pay attention to you at the fucking BET Cypher when there's all like verified rappers. Yeah, like,
1: everyone's verified. What's it going to take for somebody to pay attention to you in that environment? That's tough. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. Everyone, yeah, man. So that's like really, like I grinded from the bottom with this shit, bro. I really, I really, I got a, I ain't going to say I got a million of those stories, but I really grinded from the bottom with this shit. And there's never been a handout in this shit. If anything, it's the opposite. Well, because I
0: watched the, like an interview that you did with Rosenberg, like a few years ago. And you were saying, you're like, you know, I'm the type of person, like I'll go to a show that I know you're hosting just so that I can meet you, say hi, shake your hand, and then I'll probably just be out of the show. Like I, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. pull up just to try to meet and just make I any did that. I did,
1: I did that the whole New York Cause so Like I said I moved to New York I moved to the Bronx Fucking roach infested apartment $1,100 a month I was taking the China bus Back and forth $15 Like I was really getting it out. of live Cause I stopped hustling Cause I had to take a step back From music mm. Just to purely focus on it But the shit was crushing my ego I was taking the train I had to learn The New York train system And I had met Kiss around this time Yeah how'd you meet him? I met him through Seth Free. So, Seth freeze who really got me. Seth Free owns the compound and he created N1 mixtapes. Oh, wow. He created all of that shit. That's his vision. Seth Free paired Magnum Condoms with XXL. He's like an ill marketing dude and shit. Oh, wow. But he had heard me off of some like World Star shit that I was on. And uh he convinced me to move to New York. But I moved down there, but I still found myself like having to create my own network and shit like that. But I would I would have nothing to do. I'd be in the house and I'd be like, damn, I gotta take the train. So if after after KISS, after Seth Free introduced me to KISS, we did a song. I paid him for a feature. But then I wanted to like keep growing the relationship. So I would see Kiss get posted on like like uh like Lust this is when Lust and Starlet's is popping, like uh-huh. boom, and like Bernice Burgos' ass started. So you would just shit.
0: pull up so that
1: you could just be somebody that he was getting used to yeah, seeing. Yeah, I wouldn't even pull up, I would walk up. <laughs> from the train you know what I mean I would yeah. take the train and walk a mile I feel like I would take the train get confused miss stops and shit get off in a, a story or wherever it was at and walk a mile and get into the club and I'd be the only white boy in there just me and my fucking knife and a stripper I knew and I remember one time I walked to, uh, to around where um, the VIP section was and I'm talking to the stripper I know and she taps me and she's like, yo, and he's calling you. And it was Kiss and he was on the couch, like, yo, come in here. So you I'm like, alright. Yeah, yo, come in. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, bitch, I'm out of here. And I walked to the uh to to the VIP section and uh the bouncer tried to shut me down and Kiss stood up on the couch and he was like, hey, yo, let him in. What's wrong with you? I looked at everybody like, fuck, is wrong with y'all? Come in here.
0: <laughs> you got to play in. You got to live up to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know who I
1: am, stupid? And then like years later, like, but I did that a lot with whoever. Like I done been in like lust to like meet like Maino and shit like that. He might have not knew, but I was connected when I went out to New York because I met like some, some good people, some street guys like off rip. Like shout out to the 50-50 movement you know what I mean and 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 a lot of people um in the city so I I was making my rounds and shit but yeah I'd pull up on whoever however whenever because I just had to make that network, bro. It was all in. Like, I only had negativity waiting for me at home. So it was like, all right, I'm out here. What am I going to do? I got to do some hip-hop shit. So I'd pull up on, like, a Rosenberg, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, what up? And then, like, forget who I am a million times. But you do that
0: a couple times, you're yeah. going to start remembering. Yeah, you, you know? got to pull up in the yeah. physical.
1: That's why I don't even, when people want to get next to I just, like, when people want to get with me and trying to hit me on the phone, bro, just get with me. Figure it out. Mm. Get with me. But, um, yeah, bro, I got that type of hustle. Yeah.
0: No, I think that that's like the most important thing I can imagine in terms of an artist being willing to make it. Because, you know, now everybody wants to just do some shit online to get a name for themselves. You know, like they, they think that they're just going to like do shit on Instagram until people recognize them. And they don't realize that if being around people and having people actually fuck with you and think yeah, you're cool. human interaction that's is That's going to take you so far.
1: Hell yeah. For sure. Hell yeah. But I mean, I feel like you could still blow on the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, that human interaction that take you further. Definitely. That's dope though that you kind of realized that rapping well was going to help you gain a real following. Yeah, I saw the reaction to it like I think um I did a freestyle and Kiss posted it and that shit got 100,000 or 200,000 views on Instagram and at the time I'm like, "Yo, that's crazy." And then uh and then flex we did Flex off of that. Like, Flex saw that. And mm. then I got to do Flex. And then Flex took it to another level. And I said, oh, this rapping shit is how I'm going to cultivate my fans. Because I'm a way bigger artist than just, like, a high-level rapper. Mm. High-level rap, I'm very prideful about that. I do that. I could do it with the best of them. I'm on Kiss's album. Mm. Like, me as a 16. You feel me? And he's the best. So, it's like, I'm very proud of that. But I'm way bigger than just, like, a high-level rapper. Like, I make music. I sing. I make Pain, my shit is, I can make records for the club. My biggest records are over trap shit, like just mm. as far as like streaming wise. So, but I learned that like the high level rap, that's what's gonna attract people to me. Right. And that's how I could do it. Cause the labels don't give me nothing like they I don't have no external push. Right. And I didn't have no money this whole time. Yeah, No money. The whole 10 years. Like, if I'm being honest, the whole 10 years, I never had more than $4,000. Because everything I fucking had, I may have made it look good, but everything I had, I put it back out. I never had more than $4,000. I got $15,000 on me now. Casual. Mm-hmm. That's real. But people don't know how to just, you know what I mean? I'm I'm only saying that because it's people don't know how to just struggle for this dream for a second. Like, everybody want to be super lit off top. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, just saying how it goes. Um, But how did you
0: actually get signed by Kiss? Like, how did that become a conversation? And were you the first RSC ever signed? Nah, Nino
1: Man. Okay. Nino Man. You heard of Nino Man? No. Fire. Really? Okay. Hell yeah. He's from New York? Fire. From Harlem. Okay. He was on stage at the Versus. Okay. Yeah.
0: So how does this conversation start playing out about you working with him on
1: that level? So um, Icepick J, who was like, that's Kiss's big homie. Like, Kiss named his last album Ignatius. That's after Icepick J.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember him talking about that. So
1: Icepick J actually, Icepick J heard me on a singing record. And he just told Free, yo, play me another one of his singing shits. Play me another one of his singing shits. And he was like, yo, that's, he, he's it, he's he's really him. And he took me to Kiss and was like, yo, what do you think about Millie's, like, Kiss, yeah. all right, fucking, let's do it. <laughs> you know what I mean, one yeah. of those, so. And that's how, yeah, that's how that went. So it really went through Ice Pick J type shit. And then, but I was already, I was already like kind of like family with Kiss, but then he really threw the cosign on me. Right. Yeah, that's one thing that's kind of crazy, like, you seem like you've just really
0: formed a lot of, like, very real relationships mm-hmm. with a bunch of respected dudes. Because I'm watching this interview with you and Dave East, and it's like, I'm kind of thinking in my head, like, I don't know if i ever seen, like, a, a popular black rapper co-sign a white rapper this hard. Like, this. Like where you guys are really, like, friends and talking about going on trips together. And, and, and it's and my dog. I'm yeah, like, yeah. damn, like, I mean, you really have, like, made a fucking amazing impression on a lot of the more powerful
1: or respected people in the game. Bro, I'm like legendary, bro. You kind of are, yeah. I'm telling you, like, if you really, the truth is far more sinister, is what I tell people. (laughs) Like, if you really know from the outside, it might look, I get it, because there's no. The, the only narrative, people in America only want the narrative that they know. They want the shit that confirms what they already think. Like, mm. that's what they search for. They, they don't want the truth. They want whatever confirms their narrative that they already believe in. And there's no narrative about white boys hustling or doing anything in the streets, even though there's, like, a movie like The Town and shit. That's white boys doing street shit. But it ain't shit. hip-hop. But it's not hip-hop. <laughs> the the closest we have is Tommy Egan on Power. Okay. You watch that show? Uh, Do you no. know who Tommy is? No. I talk about him all the time in my songs <laughs> because I got a bar. I said I watch Power and I overwhelmingly relate to Tommy because that's the only depiction of a tough white boy that interacts in a in a world, a, a hip hop world or whatever you want to call it. You right. know what I mean? So people can't understand this shit because there's no point of reference for it. I'm the first.
0: Right. And, and Boston, even, even if it was just that It's like People aren't used to seeing
1: rappers come up out of Boston the same, Cambridge you know? though bro Cambridge, We gotta sorry, say yeah. mass, this is what I do though Because I'm not gonna lie Like I love Boston, I'm born there I went to school there I have influence there but I'm from Cambridge, is a different city. Like, mm. And Massachusetts as a whole is like a different play to me. And that's what I want to push as far as like the movement. Because when I think of Mass and the, and the lit shit, I think of like, you know, we got Lawrence, Lynn, Worcester, Springfield, Lowell. Lowell. Like we have these... Thorough, thorough communities Mm. and motherfuckers are getting a lot of money and you know what I mean. It's all on brand. It looks. You want to stand for? Yeah, I want to stand for mass. I got mass tatted on my fucking head, mm. so it's like, yeah, Massachusetts. That's the movement because Boston has such a big brand on it already. When you think Boston, you think racist (laughs) Celtics fans, right? And. Massachusetts doesn't come with that connotation. So I'm out here, like, yo, I'm from Mass, bro. Right. Because what are they doing in uh, Virginia? Like, when you meet someone from Virginia, from Mississippi, from Alabama, they don't go, yo, I'm from Birmingham. They be like, yo, I'm from Alabama. Mm. Yo, I'm from... So we got to just run with it like that because the brand... It's kind of like the brand of Cambridge. That's Harvard. So Harvard is telling you they're putting billions of dollars over the years into their PR campaigns to get people to come. But they don't ever have the time to say, oh, yeah, there's also 14 housing projects in the city of Cambridge. Right. And people are living below the poverty line. So the brand of Cambridge will forever be that. Can't change that. The brand of Boston will forever be that. No matter what happens, every time a player gets traded to the Celtics, they put the KKK memes in the... So it's like that's that's a thing. Now, that could possibly be broken, but I feel like we got to come with it as the mass movement because mass got a lot of talent. Right. Did and then you, even break it down within Boston to the Dorchesters and the Roxburys and the Mattapans. Make people really understand this shit because Boston has been pushed as a brand of, that it's just white boys in Faneuil Hall, but that's a false narrative, or that it's just South Boston and shit like that.
0: Right. Did you... Because that, that is kind of part of the reputation of people from Boston, Cambridge, etc. that there's a lot of racism there. You grow up around a lot of that and at some point have to, like, you know, unlearn that or, or
1: realize nah. that you grew up with some fucked up ideas nah, being so presented I'm, to you? Nah, so I'm from Cambridge. Right. That's, like, the most liberal city right, on the planet. It's true. So, like, when I'm five going on play dates with my friends, like, my mother never said, oh, yeah, by the way... These are some black kids you're about to go see. I didn't know. I really didn't get the the whole race thing until later on when other kids from like other schools, like if we had to, like I probably did some sort of basketball leagues and people. Would be, You talk like you black, like shit, like that. Like right. I didn't really get that, but yeah, I never, I never came up with that, but yeah, like um, there was a racist part of Cambridge, right? There was a, there was definitely a racist part of Cambridge, East Cambridge, right. They, they they um they were they was on that racist shit. Like sometimes they would like um, dudes would drive by like and people are gonna be mad, but suck my dick. People would drive by um and and uh and be like N word lover, shit like that. Like they would see me in the right. park, yeah, I get the N word lover, shit like that. How'd you feel and, about and, and that? And we You're would like, clash with them. Yeah. I didn't know. I'm like, bro, I'm just here. It's the same way I feel when people diss me on the internet and go, you want to be back? I'm just here with. The motherfuckers I grew up with, bro. What do you want me to do, man? Right. Yeah, I can't help what I'm into. I can't help. You what can't help. Yo, isn't there some shit like 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 if you raise a baby with wolves, it's gonna think it's a dog. Mm. Some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. You used to say an n-word. Mm-mm. Never. Never. You know why? I ain't gonna lie. I'm like probably like in like like fifth grade. Probably like. I was with my man ES and I I tried to fake experiment with it over a song like the song lyrics was playing mm. and he just checked me like even though I'm just rapping my favorite lyrics and shit he was like yo don't be saying that shit. Mm. This is my man like we <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> and I'm like the the fact that he checked me and he's the most laid back person in the world And so I learned to even edit it out of songs that I like. You know what I mean? Because there's
0: a lot of white kids who grow up around a bunch of dudes. No, I know hood white
1: kids, though, they they say that and they let that shit fly. And and, and, they think it's
0: totally fine, but then they start to get some degree of notoriety and all of a sudden it's like, oh, the rest of the world doesn't care about these five black
1: dudes who are cool with me saying it. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) Yeah. But that's what I I realized from that. I said, damn, if my bro will check me on that, that means I'm going to have confrontations. And I was already having confrontations because I didn't look tough Mm. like i just like like you know there's some white boys that look tough like russians and shit like that. i just didn't have the tough look like a blonde hair blue eyes people was already setting up setting it on me for no reason i had to fight a lot Mm. and i'm like i i'm not gonna make the i'm not gonna make it more fights for myself because i want to uh because i'm trying to say this word so i I deaded that at like 10 years old and i decided i'm not even saying that shit in the capacity of of rap lyrics you know what i mean yeah no yeah yeah, I would feel uncomfortable even saying it by myself in the car. So definitely nah,
0: saying it around like other humans would probably be really weird. Yeah, no, nah, facts. Definitely. Yeah, it's crazy how much like like you in the old interview shit I see to you, you definitely like just gave off way less of like a tough, confident vibe. But it's 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 so interesting to see how somebody could just through having more and more life experience, just sort of like gain more of that demeanor of like confidence right. that you sort of project now. That's good. Um, fuck. Also, yeah, did you lose... Can I smoke a cigarette? Of course. You got another one? Somebody got a lighter. You got another lighter. one? Lighter. What is that, Newport? Yeah. Looks like you had it behind your ear for a while.
1: Top, lit, you got another one? This is... Yo. You he, came here he with got, a
0: single Newport?
1: He got... No, nah, we got him in...
0: <laughs> we got him in the car. <laughs> All right. That's cool. <laughs> we, we get you one. I'll get one of there.
1: Somebody get Adam a Newport. <laughs> what are we doing here? You had one song
0: where... You, uh, I just hear, heard you say something about like, I dedicated my whole fucking life to this and I still ain't made it. and Are you I just, just like listening to my shit? Yeah. What do you think I'm doing here?
1: I appreciate you, bro. No, no doubt. I just thought you was going to be like a little like, Just uh, look for take, some beef. Taking an interview. Yeah,
0: yeah. Nah. I, I do as much digging as I can. That's fine. Sch- schedule can be tight sometimes. Damn, I, f- I forget
1: what song that was, but yeah.
0: It was like you walking up the stairs as you said that. But I was just really thinking about that. And I'm like, there must have been so many moments of like, pure frustration that you have to get past when yeah, you feel like I've just given so much of myself. And like, you know, you're you're in so much more of a better place now than you were
1: five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, but you still have to fight against that you gotta feeling. Fight every day, bro. and I, and I gotta fight rejection, bro. I still face that shit. Like I faced a lot of rejection just in my life in general. Mm. A lot of rejection. I feel like I went through more rejection than the average human goes through in their whole lifetime in like a year of my life. Easy. easy, Easy. Because I put myself out there. Mm. So, yeah. You can just fight through that shit. You just have
0: to get used to it. That's a big part of it. You have to get used to 100 people saying no just for one person to say yes. Facts. Yeah. 100%. But uh, what what do you like... have, Have there been moments that were like really hard for you to just keep going and in, in terms of chasing this path like was there ever moments so, where you're like
1: fuck it i'm gonna work at the mall i can't do it like or i'm gonna go back to the streets nah, i was and just gonna totally trap i was gonna this. trap because honestly like even when i my mother made me get jobs and when i got jobs like i had to like quit one because i got shot at and they found out about it It was a city job that i had got through like a job program you got shot at while on the job nah it was oh, at my God. house but they you was, got fired because of that they they it was through like the city. So they was like, Yeah, you got shit going on. Like Oh wow. So I didn't return to work after that. And then I had another job and dudes ran down on me. Like it was it was in a it was in like a opposition neighborhood. Like I would go I would I would work jobs just to make my mom happy and I would put my life at risk. Like I'd have to go to work with the pistol on me just so I could be like, Look, mom working. Right. So like when you build up a certain level of baggage in the streets, you can't go to work no more. Mm. That's the fucked up shit with like the young kids running around drilling. Like if you ever want to square up, it's hard because dudes don't want to let a lot of shit go. Mm. You know what I mean? So um but yeah, I, I never I never thought about like quitting and like working at the mall. But I definitely Mike, I, quit. I, quit and get a break. Yeah, I, I was I was confused at, at one point in um, 2011. I had a release party for um for my album, and uh, my man Rock Ducati was there, and that was like another one of my big homies. And he had kind of I had met him like a couple years prior, but he just believed in me with music, so he just he really put a battery in my back, like musically and shit. And Rock was at my party and like. We had, like, one of the greatest nights ever, and as I walked, um, we walked outside from the club, and uh, it was, like, you know, a lot of shots went off and shit, and he passed that night. So, like, that was, like, an extreme high from music where it's, like, I'm doing this positive shit, and then walking out the club, all of that ended, you know what I mean? And it was, like, one of my lowest lows type shit, so that kind of made me, like... I don't know exactly what, I always associated music with something positive, but this was the first time that I had doubt, because I'm like, damn, how could something so positive essentially bring something so negative? So I would say, I don't know if I I felt like quitting. Around that time, I tried to start experimenting with more, like, different types of music and shit, not Mm -hmm. like, I mean, rap shit, you know what I mean? But I was like, let me just try to make this mainstream white boy music so I could get rich and get my homies out of the hood and, like that's that's where my mind was like, I was just kind of thrown on shit. But then, you know what I mean, I, I shook back. But yeah, I, I would say that was probably one of the rougher times. And then, yeah, I don't know. I've had moments where I'd be like, fuck this shit. Mm. But it's got to get
0: frustrated because at certain points, it's like, I'm just putting money into this shit and not really getting that much back. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And and it's crazy when you know you're better than dudes. Like, I know I'm making better songs than dudes. And I know, and I always had a core fan base. I always had people who told me, yo, your music makes me, uh, made me not commit suicide. Like, I always had that shit. Your music mm. helped me through the toughest time of my life. I always had that shit. Always. Super core fan base. So I knew, like, the caliber of my music, but it's just frustrating. Like, damn, I can't crack. Like, they don't, people, the industry don't even believe in this shit because they've never seen it. And it's a cookie-cutter industry. They don't know how to work this shit. That's what I would get told. Like, they, they don't know how to work me. Mm. You know what I mean? So I work my fucking self, and I'm independent.
0: Yeah. you thought about signing?
1: Or is it just never really feeling? Not, Not now. Yeah, hell yeah. I would have I probably signed for $20,000 at one point just to say I signed. Mm. Not now, ever. Definitely. Do you feel like getting that uh, proximity? (laughs) Let me not say ever because there's, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that bag.
0: Right. But do you think, did the, the kiss thing mean a lot to you? Like, look at this, like a fucking absolute, without question, legend in hip hop believes in me enough to get behind me like that. I mean, that, that's a big cosign. sign that that feeling yeah, like you made yeah. it to a certain extent? Cause yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. can you really tell me if you just like some guy on the block in, in in Cambridge, what the fuck can you tell me Jadakiss signed me? Like Jadakiss believes in me. So what the fuck does your opinion possibly mean to me?
1: Right. I mean, there had to be a bit of that, right? Yeah, there's definitely big validation points like through the course of this shit. I just wanted it to be validated in money at one point. Mm. This year, I started getting 10, 15 bands for the feature. Ding, 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 really? ding, 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 And then I said, I'm fucking validated. Mm. Like, by the money. Right. You know? As far as, like, so, like, in during, w- within the art form, I always felt like, yeah, I'm doing great, but I never felt like I could say, like, yo, I fucking made it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I caught I caught two checks this year. Like I I got I got the Blanco. Uh, I did the album with East End. I got the the Blanco full project. So it's like this year everything. It felt like all the hard work over ten eleven years it got paid back this year. Right. Paid in full. You know what What I mean?
0: would you do to celebrate if anything? You buy yourself anything or you go out? Anywhere? I don't really
1: celebrate, bro. I'm like work oriented. The only way I could celebrate is in like a work capacity, mm. like. I went. I was like, if I go down to like Atlanta and like fuck around in a strip club or some shit, like, but it's still the work capacity because they're playing my records. But I don't celebrate like. Mm. Definitely. But I went to Tulum. I went to Tulum three times this year. So. This wow, three times in a year, huh? Yeah, so that's I guess a little celebration. I went there like immediately
0: before the pandemic hit. For real? Yeah, it was like the last thing we did before the pandemic took over. Actually, no, it was New Year's, so it was like a month or two before. But Tulum's amazing. I can't complain. I know it's supposed it to be, like, fire. kind of blown out and trendy at this point. But I'm it's like, fire. it's just it's amazing, and it's not that far away. They don't want to hear us talk about Tulum. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you've probably seen a gigantic percentage of the people that you went to high school with dead off fucking fentanyl and heroin over the past uh, however many years. Does that – sometimes I think about that, and that makes me feel, like, a little bit more – Kind of shocked that I made it to the point that I made it to when I think about how bad the situation has been for a shitload of the people that I grew up around, and I'm sure it's not even just that I mean you've seen a million people get shot, all kinds of other ter- and that, and the people who are dead I mean there's a lot of people who are alive that yeah it's nasty kind of probably just as bad uh do you ever think about that or like just the the carnage
1: where you grew up yeah it's crazy i I, I really saw it more like in like the um Like when I was growing up, them, those, like, damn, how could I say it? When I was growing up, I'd be around a certain caliber of these white boys who were tough, like tougher than any white boy on the planet. Mm like real, like the kids I went to school with like from Southie, like from Oak Colony Projects and shit like that. Like mm-hmm. real tough fucking white boys from the projects. And I remember, I remember seeing one, one of them like in my, um, in my senior year and he came in and I hadn't seen him for a while, but he was weak. He was a little blue in the face and he asked me to open a now and later for him. He <laughs> physically couldn't open a now and later. And this is somebody I know who, for being super charismatic, for being super charismatic, strong, talk shit all the time. And for him to humble himself down to ask me, somebody he talks shit to all the time, Mm. like in jest, you know what I mean? But to ask me to open a now and later for him, that's the first time I said, oh, them drugs are all bad. And now I see a lot of that. Like I see a lot of um, like tough white boys that's gone. But all all cultures though, you know what I'm saying? All cultures, but I really seen that shit hit hard in like, you know, Boston and, and the surrounding areas, so yeah no it's nasty. That that
0: that's when it'll really hit you when there's a dude that you think of as like a hard dude who you know you're intimidated by or whatever and then at a certain point you're just like oh damn you're a junkie now like you really like on this like I don't know that's that's when you sort of realize like damn this shit could happen to anybody because when you're young you look at crackheads or, or people who are off heroin and shit and you're like you, you can't, you know, for me at least, it was hard to understand how a normal person got to that point. It feels like these people just were always like that. Mm-hmm. And once you really start seeing it happen to, like, your peers, it'll change your whole fucking viewpoint. Yeah, no, nah, that's a fact. It's nasty. Um, What's it, like, style-wise, you know, if it, it feels like you have, you know— you have like this sort of like lyrical style that you that you are sort of committed to, but then I do see you like jumping around and doing stuff like doing drill type records with Sosa yeah. Geek and shit. Yeah, like, hell yeah. does that feel like a <laughs> Sosa prim- Geek and- Is that a primarily like different experience making that kind of song? But also when I'm listening to that, I'm like Sound good on that I you, was right? clicking on it. Yeah, I was clicking on it to hear. I was like, oh, my God, is he going to be doing a goofy-ass drill flow? And nah, then I felt, like you, I I felt get, like you stayed true to yourself yeah, on it. Yeah, bro. I'm like, I nah, I whatever it. I
1: do, I put the high-level rap element in there. But I, I'm telling you, I'm wow, wild versatile, bro. I could do any type of music. So, like, that was... I just... I, I wanted to get Sosa because I had already knew Sosa before. Big Trip, I fell in love with the lit. Sosa, geeky. Right. Before already all, knew all of that shit. I knew him. Yeah, oh, okay. I knew him. So... When I wanted to do some drill shit, I'm like, I gotta call somebody from Brooklyn that I know to do it. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, but I could, I could, I could get off on anything, bro. You hear my shit with Asian doll? I did, because yeah. I was
0: wondering why is Asian doll in this Jim Jones video uh, that you had, and then yeah. I'm like, oh, there's another video with, Asian doll. In with
1: her. All that. How'd you meet her? I met her. <laughs> I met her in. Uh, I met her in Atlanta, and we were in like a strip club, and. We left and we were gonna go to another spot. I was, uh, She was with somebody I know or whatever. So we were all gonna go to the other spot. I had the Rolls Royce culling and shit with the stars, the, the truck. We all get in the car or whatever. And then shots start going off. Do, 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 do. Machine gun fire. It's like in the background and shit. But my man taps on the window and he's like, yo, Millies, get out the car, get down, get down. I'm kinda drunk. I'm like, man, that shit's far away, bro. We good, bro. He's like, get the fuck down. So I, I, Get out the car, I go to get down and shit. But before I like look over in the passenger seat, and like Asian doll is like in in the what's the shit called? The mirror right here? Mm, she's the in the she's view. in the mirror, like doing her makeup or fixing her lip gloss <laughs> and the shots are going it's off. Just normal for yeah, her. <laughs> I swear to God, I said, Oh, she's a real thug. She's looking in the mirror and she's doing her makeup or her lip gloss or something super unfazed and it's like boop boop boop, 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 Doing her shit, I'm like, yo, come on, get low. And then the shots stopped and shit. I got back in the car. I'm like, yo, you crazy? She's like, nah, they just shooting for nothing, some shit like that. And we went to the after hours spot spotted. shit. i met in It was cool.
0: You uh, you learn a lot about people when you when there's like high pressure going situations, well, just gunshots in yeah. general. Because like I've been in that situation where there's like a shooting outside this like uh you know store party type thing and they start shooting but they're shooting on the sidewalk outside they're not shooting into the store they're shooting at each other out there but everybody starts diving i'm i, I dive too because i'm not even thinking i'm not I'm, i don't mm-hmm. know, i ain't really been around this many shootouts so i dive to the side <laughs> too and then i look up and i see some dudes i know and they're just like standing up you know looking yeah, over trying yeah. to see what's going on and i'm like figure it out I'm like, that is a more reasonable re- response because it, it it wasn't like people were shooting into the store. You got to know, you know if you've
1: been around gunfire, you know where that shit's coming from, too, a little bit. Like, yeah. you could still get hit on some stray shit, but I feel like you're going to know how far that shit is away from you a little bit. Right. To yeah. overreact or not overreact. I just be per- feeling protected by God, too. Like, yeah. I don't really bug out. That's good.
0: What, uh, do you have a relationship with Jim Jones or how did that one come about? Because I, f- I feel like yeah, that's Cop one of the over. hardest records. And that's the one we saw on stream, which I Fuck think is that. how I first seen you. Yeah. Hell yeah. That was a hard Jim Jones verse, too. That what do you me mean you saw go, it on stream? Uh, the streams that we do on Fridays where we listen to people's music. Oh, they played it? Yeah, we played it. That's hard. Yeah. That f- actually really made me want to go listen to the last couple Jim Jones records. Or like He's fire. No, Jones,
1: one of my favorite. Yeah. Jones, one of my favorite. Like, just some. Just coming up, I always liked Jones's like lyrical ability mm. before people were saying he's lyrical. Mm. Like I always, I, I, I always liked his flow patterns and shit. So that was dope to get he's on aged it with him.
0: Very well, and I honestly because I used to listen
1: to a lot of him in like two thousand three, two thousand four. I feel like he's way better now. Now he's he's getting better. Yeah. yeah, I love his old music though, but yeah, he's getting better now. Like just on some like high level rap shit, he's getting better. Yeah, yeah, facts. Definitely. But uh, that shit. Uh, we put we put that together. I just bumped into him a lot. We put that shit together, and then we shot the video in Harlem. That was dope. Asian Dog was out there. Right. D from Rough Riders was out there. Shit like that. For sure. What about the G Herbo thing? Where'd that come from? Herbo, Herbo posted my um my bars on Nine Five Freestyle. Oh wow! But I went on tour with Herbo in 2016. Oh wow! On the Smokers Club tour. Oh. so I had known him a little bit shout out Johnny Shipes yeah shout out Johnny Shipes that's the hardest white boy in the game actually now that we're yeah. on the topic yeah. and then uh, I met him so I, I used to open for him on that tour for probably like four or five dates or some shit but then like recently I think Kiss had posted my bars on 9-5 freestyle and Herbo just out of the cut just took my shit and people started hitting me like yo you see Herbo reposted your shit and he put something like I love rap bro I love he was hype off the shit he was like I love rap and he was tagging me and shit and I was like, word is lit. And I just knew like, all right, he going to do a feature for me. I hit him up and he did it. And he kept it super solid. Even like, even just now when we just dropped this shit, I hit him. And I'm like, because yo, he don't, I don't expect nothing from nobody. I don't expect nothing from you, nobody. Mm. Because it's like, you're. no one owes you nothing in life. You know what I mean? So I hit him and I was like, yeah, I'm about to drop it at 1230. He hit me back like PM, mm-hmm. Eastern time type shit. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I sent him the clip, and he threw the shit right up with me. That shit got like a million on his grim, and that record's going crazy. That's my fastest moving video. It's had a quarter really? million. Yeah, It's a, it's had 500,000 in like six days. So, wow. hell yeah. Shout out Herbo. That's and he's just good for the culture in general, like, because the kids like him. Hell yeah. He's tied to like the whole Juice world shit and all of that. So he gets all of that audience, and then he shows them. Y'all know what's cool? Rapping. Mm. <laughs> rapping, being able to rap so more kids are going to grow up being Herbo fans. And then I told him this shit like he's going to influence like a generation like below him to actually want to rap. He's one of the best. Yeah, he's fucking incredible. Super influential on like, yeah. all these like kids who are fans of like drill music and shit
0: like that I feel like they look at Herbo as, like, a god. Like, he's he's somebody who transcended that and came up with his own yeah, style yeah, that's yeah. still in that, but he's got his own And he's still style. young, and
1: he goes. Like, mm. even on that record, like, he know... I'm saying crazy shit on that record. Mm. I said, double up my dollars, must acknowledge I'm an 8-series swerver. The 40 turned them to a vegetable that's basically murder. We, like, I am I got bars in there, like, flex-style bars. And he's gone. Like, he... Everybody I lock in with, though, that's one thing I can say. Nobody plays with me on the features. Like, everybody goes Mm. for the juggler. Nobody wants to look bad. Yeah, like, everybody's going to rap when they get on my songs. Mm. Benny gave me one of the craziest Benny verses ever. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Definitely.
0: Uh, Fuck, yeah. So what are you uh, planning at this point? What's what's up next? You've done a lot, but I know you still got a lot more ground you want to cover
1: yeah i plan to um i just i just want to get to a um position where like i could put other artists on i want to be able to uh i want to be able to start my own label and really like pull up some artists from massachusetts and come through with a wave of artists i want to pop on a high level and then and then bring some artists behind me and shit you know what i mean that's actually what like we never talked about it but like when i had like when I was running around with Shoddy, Shoddy would always tell oh, me, right, like, yo, yeah. bro, Massachusetts is it, bro. It's untapped, bro. You could really, you could be the one to pull everybody up. He kind of put that battery in my back to mm. be like, "Ah, yeah, I could do that. Like, And so that's one of the goals I got. You know what I mean? How shoddy. did you meet Shoddy? I met Shoddy in, um, in, in, in a clothing store in Manhattan, and he had, like, seen me on the internet or some shit, and he was like, yo, we got the video tonight with uh, 50 Cent to get the strap shit. He was like, oh, pull yeah. up. That's the video they say got shot up or whatever. You were at that shit? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, like, I pulled up on him, and then we were just cool ever since after that. Wow. That's legendary. Yeah, yeah you know, Shoddy DM'd me, like, a week before the Fed case. I always, always kind of regret that I didn't get that interview in. Shit, yeah, I I talked to him two hours before. Yeah, he'll be out. Hell yeah, stand-up guy. He could look himself in the mirror. Yeah,
0: that's facts. Um, But, okay, you got anything in particular that you want the people
1: to look out for? Anything uh, that you're excited about? Blanco Four. When's this interview dropping? By next week. So, like, after the 20th? Mm, Around then. Maybe a little before then or a little after. Blanco Four, man. Blanco Cuatro featuring Herbo, Benny the Butcher, Kiss. Asian Doll, Dada the Dealer, Y-Jizzle, 8-Zip, Jazzy Amra, all produced by Ray Beats. Shout out my video guy, Tinge. We going crazy, man. Great body of work, and I'm going to just keep dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. I like that you're so motivated to be, you know, to really do it for Massachusetts and your city. We have to, bro. It's like uh, super untapped.
0: Yeah, and it's like... Yeah, you know, I think it's honestly kinda like the way that Sosa came out and just completely like changed the way that people thought of Chicago. Boston only needs one person to blow up out of there to really motivate the whole fucking yeah,
1: the yeah, entirety yeah, yeah. of it. But we got people like, yeah. but it's mass though. That's another thing. Right. Joina Lucas is from mass. This is a good point, Joina Lucas. Bia is from mass. Mm. Millie's is from mass. See what I'm saying? And then there's a, a slew of other artists. Adam 22 is from five minutes across He's the border. He's from fucking New Hampshire, kid. Gate
0: City, bitch. Bitch. Ah. <laughs> you come to the Fezzaline Mall when you don't want to pay taxes on your TV. Or <laughs> the your, Mall. Or your sounds. Abercrombie purchase. Yo, whatever. The
1: Fezzaline Mall sounds crazy. Tingsboro Movie Theater right there.
0: That's you hard. You should sneak in through the back. Nashville, New Hampshire, most populated city in America without a movie theater. Because everybody it. goes right to Tingsboro and hits it right over the border. Talk your shit, yes. man. Tingsboro. <laughs> Very important that the people know. That's real. Hell yeah.
1: Anybody want to shout out? Anyone uh, you want to Man, all Man, like, I, I really want to shout out all the artists in Mass because it's a big platform, but then I'm going to miss people and they're going to get mad. But, yo, it's a big scene out there going crazy, crazy, mm. crazy. You ever tap in with 1090 Jake? Yeah, it's my boy. I hit ten ninety, Jake. When you said there's no popular white rappers, I said, and you said ten ninety, Jake should be a rapper. (laughs) I hit him and I said, bro, it's saying that you should be a rapper, and I exist. This is crazy.
0: I seen him put that on a story. That's funny you said that too.
1: Yeah, and he was like, yeah, bro, I don't even rap. I don't know why they said that. You know what I mean? But yeah, I told him to hit you. I told because I know, I know, I know know my guy over there hit you. But I was like, Mm -hmm. I got to double down with Adam. I got, I need this interview, man.
0: No, as soon as I started checking the shit out, I was like, all right, I got I to gotta get behind this. Word. Appreciate you, bro. For sure, man. Millie's. Sped like 617. Appreciate you, man. I'm going to take you up on that Newport, too, by the way. Let's get it. Millie's No Jumper. Coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Patreon. The patrons are on the screen right now. Like, comment, subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support. And subscribe to my YouTube channel, too. Sub to his channel. You probably already subscribed to this one. You've been here for a while. Go hit his shit up. Yeah. Spotify, all that. All that. Buy a t-shirt. Appreciate you, man. Salute, bro.